This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through to 28. Hear the word of the Lord. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And whoever hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Let us pray. Once again, Father, thank you for your words to us. Thank you for preserving them. And thank you that they are alive and powerful. They reach into the heart and affect us like nothing else can. If we did nothing more than just read your words, we would still be better off. Thank you for the preparation that Pastor Jamico has put in uh, toward expounding these words. Bless his efforts, I pray. We do pray for our vacation Bible school. We pray that it would be a a wonderful time, a fun time, an encouraging time, and that your powerful word would work in the hearts and lives of children. We also pray for our junior camp. Thank you so much for those who have volunteered for that, given up vacation time, in order to serve you and children on Grace Island. Would you bless the team that's coming in to assist? And once again, would you use your words in the lives of children? Father, we thank you for everyone watching online this morning. And we know that many of them just can't be here. It's not possible. There's things going on with them, or perhaps they're just shut in. You know each situation. So, Father, help them not to feel guilty for not being here. We know we're not saved by coming to church. We're saved only by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and putting our faith and trust in him. Church is just something we get to do together. 
And so we know it's difficult for many who can't be here. And so minister to them, we pray. And work in every heart here as well, Lord. Once again, as only your word can do. Help us, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we ask. Well, I don't know about the last four weeks or about you in the last four weeks, but I'm ready for some summer days. <laughs> for all this rain that we've had, it's like a weird, bizarre world that we live, we're living in right now. Uh, but we know with summer, we get another little treat, don't we? We get hurricanes. And I don't know if you've noticed this week the first hurricanes formed already in the Atlantic, which is mind-blowing to, to be thinking about. But hurricanes are brutal, aren't they? I know, I'm sure many of us have stories about enduring a hurricane, and we probably sound like old sailors, and we talk about the hurricane of 87, or for some of us, a lot longer before that. But we look at them as these monster things that they are. And what makes the hurricanes more memorable these days are the news coverage. And over the last number of years, I can recall seeing quite a, a bit of devastation being played out through the news, not necessarily here, but with, throughout the east coast of the states and the Caribbean during this hurricane seasons. Many people's homes and their possessions were lost. A lot of, a lot of that was built right on the coastline. And a major cause of that devastation was a lot due to how these houses are built. Many of these houses that were lost are you know, not necessarily built with the, the strongest materials. And some of them didn't even have a really good, solid foundation. In Bermuda, we're blessed that our building codes are pretty strict. I know sometimes that frustrates us, having to deal with you know, certain aspects of that. But after hundreds of years of dealing with these hurricanes, we won't allow anything to be built here with any material other than concrete, which is incredibly solid, creates an incredibly solid foundation. And generally during the hurricanes, we fare pretty well, don't we? And we don't have the near amount of devastation as they do in other places around the world. And this is similar to what our passage is getting on to us this morning. You see, we all have a foundation that we build our lives on. We all have a baseline for how we live and how we operate within this world. The world may call it a conscience, or just chalk it up to good morals or a good, good solid upbringing. But you see where the rubber meets the road is when we go through difficult times. When we have hurricanes in our lives, when things go haywire and hectic around us, that's where we really see where our foundation is built, what our foundation is built from, what it's made of. So as we spend time in our passage this morning, I want you to be thinking about what is your foundation? What makes up the foundation of your life? So we're going we're gonna to read Matthew 7, 24 to 28 again, and a few more times as we go through. Uh, this sermon this morning, but it says again, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. 
And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Now, before we move any forward with this passage, we got to look at what's taking place here in Matthew. The book of Matthew, as we know, was written by the apostle Matthew, who was a tax collector, former tax collector, and he was called by Jesus to follow him. And our passage this morning comes directly from the Sermon on the Mount. And that's the best sermon ever written. And I know that's hard for some preachers to hear, but that's the best sermon that we've ever seen. Because these writings are insight directly straight from Jesus, from his mouth, from his heart. And it couldn't be any better than that. And the sermon is full of encouragement, it's full of correction and instruction. And what I know about Jesus, what I've learned as I've spent time going through uh, the scriptures, is that Jesus doesn't talk just to talk. You see, Jesus knows the minds and the hearts of people. And so I believe that the words that he shares are directly addressing issues that are at play in these people's lives, who are hearing what Jesus is saying, who are sitting right in front of him. And by extension, us, many years later on, we can still glean great wisdom from it. And so he wasn't just making his way through a list of misgivings or or what was going on in these people's lives, but he was directly speaking into their lives. And so his words here would have been very pointed to what was taking place in the hearts of these people. And at the end of his sermon, he brings them to a point, and he instructs them that they need to make a decision. He asks the people the question that we're being asked this morning, where is their foundation? And he gives them a visual of what's the answer to this question, what that looks like. And he provides them two points of view that we're going to look at this morning. The first one being, it was built to last. Jesus gives this point that there is a solid foundation that should be sought after, one that is built to last. In the first two verses, it says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and the rains fell and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Jesus is giving us an example of what takes place in a believer's life when they follow and abide by the commands and the statements of Jesus. When they truly listen to his words and they follow his instructions, they form this firm foundation that is solidified and is secured by Jesus. And so when a trial or a tribulation strikes their life, they'll be blown but not destroyed because of that secure foundation. And I mentioned mentioned before, Jesus is seeking to get this crowd to make a decision. After all that he has told them and taught them, he gets them to a point where they need to make a choice, to choose to follow or not. And he makes this bold and pointed statement right to them. He says, who hears these words of mine and does them. Obviously, we know that people are listening. They're hearing what's going on here. But we find in Matthew chapter 4 that they had all gathered together from these various places, from Galilee, from the Decapolis, and from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond Jordan. And they gathered for the express purpose to hear these words of Jesus. And then we get to the real crux, that they must not only hear, but they must do. They're being called to put into practice, to live out, to grasp all these words and teachings of Jesus that have been communicated to them. We read in scripture and we know the commands and calls of God. When we know that, we need to do it. We need to do something with it. 
And Jesus said when the people do these commands, when they follow these commands, they're wise. And the wise man is like the person who built his house on the rock. Like I said before, Jesus isn't in the business of just talking just to talk. His illustration here would have been one that the people in the crowd could have identified with. You see, in Palestine and the surrounding areas, it's hot, believe it or not. And because of the heat and because of the sun, the the ground gets baked. And this would cause even the, the most sandy and unstable areas to look like they are hard as rock and they'd be a good place to build right on top of, to build a house or a building on. But the test of its ability to withstand doesn't come until the heavy rains follow later on in the year and when the winds come. And it's at this point that their foundations are put to the test, that even that dry place that looks like it's really really great to build on could become washed out in a moment. And this is similar to what takes place in you and I's lives. When our foundation is firm on the work and the person of Jesus, you see, we can have this amazing ability to withstand even the hardest trials that life throws at us. And it's with that foundation that we're able to have Jesus pick us up and to help keep us moving along. And that's in his power and in his strength, not our own. As a Christian, I've seen lots of examples of this throughout my life, of people who've built their, their lives on this person of Jesus, on his work and his promises. And I've seen how they were able to withstand the toughest trials that come at them. I'm reminded of this guy who I, I used to be at church with. His name was Morris. And he was this elderly gentleman who just loved the Lord. And on a Sunday morning, you would more than likely find Morris shuffling, some would say dancing, shuffling in the aisle to the worship music. Morris, at one point in his life, found out he had stage four cancer. And in the midst of his diagnosis, in the midst of his treatment, Morris wasn't afraid. He didn't run from his faith in God, but he continued to follow God because he knew that in all things God loved him and he was taking care of him. In his final days, he was asked if he was scared of dying. And Morris replied, and he said this, that everybody wants to see Jesus, but nobody wants to die. Morris wasn't afraid of death because of who he was going to meet. And for me, that was a great example of a solid foundation that was built on Jesus. So how can you and I have this solid foundation? Well, I'm here to tell you that it takes hard work. Nothing worthwhile does not take hard work, right? Any builder or tradesperson will tell you that if you want a job done right, it takes time. Anybody can slap something together in a very short period of time, but don't expect for it to be around very long. In Luke's account of of the Sermon on the Mount, he says in Luke chapter 6, verse 48, that the wise man building the house dug deep to lay the foundation. This shows that the foundation is deep. It's secure. It's not going anywhere. Folks, having our foundation secured in Jesus is going to take some work. There's got to be diligence in working on this relationship with Jesus. It doesn't just come naturally. It doesn't come just by maybe sitting in the seat here on a Sunday morning. There's some things that we must do in order for that to happen. And I picked out a few things 
They're not earth-shattering or, or any brand-new revelations. But these are some important things that you and I ought to consider doing on a regular basis to help build this solid foundation in Christ. The first one is spending time in God's Word. This is the behavior that I think is essential for the life of any believer, and that's being in God's Word regularly. If we want our foundation to be secure in Jesus, to be solid, we got to know who it is that's building this foundation to begin with. An important place to find this is within Scripture. That's why when we, we gave our college students uh, things to take with them, most of them are Scripture-based. It's quiet times. It's things to help fill them up with the good things of life that they need because this foundation has to be solid in order for us to withstand things. And so spending time in God's word and reading his words allows God's word to shape our life, to change us, and allows God through his son Jesus to direct our life. Scripture says in Psalms 119, 105 that your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. God's word needs to be our guide. It needs to be our direction. In Joshua 1.8, it says, The book of the law should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do, what's, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Another great example comes from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Scripture is used to encourage us to train us up. And I would encourage you to find time throughout your day, throughout your week, to spend time in God's word, allowing these words to change you, to form the foundation of your life. Spend some time allowing God to mold you into the person that he desires for you to be, to change you, to direct you. And the next thing is prayer. It's another area in our life that we ought to work on, to build this solid foundation, spending time with our Heavenly Father, confessing, asking him for guidance and supply is important for building a solid foundation. This is like having building plans and not using them if we don't spend time in prayer. And as we spend time with God in prayer, it allows us to seek his plans and his direction for how we're to go through this life. 1 John chapter 5, 14 to 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we've asked of him. We're not going to know what his will is for our lives if we don't spend time with him. But then we've got to ask him. In Ephesians 6, chapter 18, it says, and I love this verse, because it not only encourages us to be in prayer for everything and anything, but it reminds us to be praying for others. It says this, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all power and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And then this passage tells us that we ought to be in community. Because in community, we can have fellowship and accountability. I don't know about you, but 
doing this Christian life on my own would be a tough, tough thing to do. Often we have this world around us pulling us in a million different directions. And most of the time it's pulling us away from what God wants for us. From what he has in store for us. But when we're in community, we have, and here's my first um, alliteration, is three E's. We have encouragement, we have eagerness, and we have engagement. Encouragement. In community, we have this chance to encourage one another in love and in good deeds. We can build each other up as we encourage one another. We can spur each other on when we encourage. I don't know about you, but when I get encouragement from a brother or sister, that really gives me that pep to endure whatever it is that I'm facing. And scripture tells us of the importance of encouragement in 1 Thessalonians. It says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. Then when we're in community, we have engagement. We have people around us who are in the same boat as we are. We have people who are going through similar struggles and may have the same questions or same desires as we do. When we're engaged in this life with one another, we have people that can help us, they help spur us on to who Jesus is, to be united in him. And at the base level of it all, we're all engaged in the same pursuit of Christ. Deuteronomy 31.8, the words of Moses to Joshua, says, It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not be feared or dismayed. Then there's some eagerness that we have when we're in community. It's an eagerness to serve and to do life with one another. Any type of ministry that we do together helps us to accomplish this. There's a joy. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but there's a joy in serving together with other people. Like I was just thinking this week, I was helping to move some furniture with some other folks from our church, and it was, it was uh, tough work, but it was a good time together. Because there's eagerness when we get together. That's what we get when we're in true Christian community. So Jesus not only, we're going to switch gears just a little bit, he doesn't only give us this importance of what it looks like to build our foundation on him, this solid foundation. But then he tells us what it looks like to build on sand. And that's a failing strategy. Matthew 7, 26 to 27. Says, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and great was the fall of it. I think Jesus includes this part in the scripture for people like me. People who need a little bit more help to understand what's going on. He gives us an example of what takes place in somebody's life when they, they hear these words of Jesus, but then don't do anything with it. They don't do what he instructs. And Jesus knows that there's going to be people like that who will hear what he has to say, but make a choice a conscious choice not to follow what he asks of his people. And so he equates that to building one's house on the sand, on a foundation that's not secure. And so these people hear, but they don't do. They hear the call of Christ and make a choice not to do it. 
And I think it's important to also add a little bit of a note here that ignoring the call of God, just dismissing it, is the same as making a choice not to. And Christ calls these people foolish. They're not wise in what they're doing. And so they build their house on their sand. And when the storm comes, the whole house is destroyed. And Jesus emphasizes that it's not just a little fall, but it's a great fall. Because when the storms of life come, there's going to be nothing to hold on to. Without Christ, everything starts to fall away. There's no lasting joy. There's nothing but emptiness and hopelessness. The best example I can think of about this is when I was a teenager. So parents of teenagers, you probably identify with this a little bit. How many times do you talk to them and they hear you, but they don't do what you've asked them to do? Maybe that's the same for little kids too. You may even add a request into what you're asking. Didn't you just hear what I just said? And the answer from the teen is always, yep. But in the end, they don't do what you've asked them to do. And I say all that with my teenager self in mind, because I remember a lot of examples of me doing just that. And I look back at those moments, and I'm sure my mother was frustrated. Because more than likely, her instructions were very clear, and, they pro- and I probably heard them clearly. But in the end, I chose not to do what was asked of me. And most, of the, and most of the time, those instructions were for my good. It was for me to do something that was going to help me later on. And I can see that same scenario taking place here with what Jesus is talking about. He makes the point that folks will hear his voice, hear his commands to follow him, to build their life on him, and they'll choose not to do it. And the re- result of all that is, is that they're building their lives on themselves. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to build my life on myself. That sounds terrible. To build my life on my own accomplishments, my own gifts or abilities. I've seen too many examples of when people do that. When they face a crisis moment, everything crumbles around them. There's no hope after that. And everything that they built on their own sort of foundation is gone. And they realized that the life that they were building was fleeting. And everything was empty by the end of it all. Folks, a life, life with Jesus promises to be fulfilling. What's interesting about all this is that there are some similarities in a life that's built on the sand. Or so, in other words, when somebody listens and hears what Jesus has to say and then does nothing with it. We see that a life like this takes little time to build. We generally have a goal in mind and we chase after it. And then when we've achieved that goal, we get bored and we move on to the next goal, the next challenge, the next achievement. Because a life like that doesn't satisfy. It's a constant chasing after the wind. And we also see that a life that's built on this, like this, is really just for show. To show others, I can do this. I've done this. How can we justify chasing after things of this world if that's not the case? It's really to show others that we have it all under control. That we are able to do well. That we can take care of ourselves. And the cool thing about being a Christian that I've learned 
is that we don't have to have it under control. We don't need to be the ones holding the reins all the time. Because if we're honest with ourselves, if we're truly honest with ourselves, we know that we need help in every situation. With everything that we face, we need help to keep it all together. And that's what, exactly what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's guiding us away from being people who hear what he has to say and doing nothing with it. Another way to look at this is just by being a spiritual person. When we're spiritual, when we know what we need to do, but we don't do it, we're just being a spiritual being who understands what I need to do, but I don't do it. Some of us might find ourselves in that place this morning. We might know what's right. We might know what we need to do. We know that a life with Christ and following hard after Christ is the right way to, to go, but we're choosing not to jump in with both feet. Maybe we've got one foot in one camp. I'm here on a Sunday morning. I'm, I'm showing that I'm doing the right things, but once I leave here, I'm back in the world. I'm doing whatever the world wants me to do. Maybe we're in that place this morning. I'd encourage you, don't live like that. Jump right in with both feet with Jesus. And don't look back. I promise you there's no, no joy in looking back. There's no hope in looking back. Start building your foundation in Jesus. And that's the last thing that we're going to look at this morning. Let's look at under whose authority this all takes place with. In verses 28 to 29, it provides the ending of this great sermon of Jesus. It says, And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one with authority and not as their scribes. As we conclude this morning, I pray that your response would be as the people who heard this the first time. That you would be astonished at the word of God because of its power in your life, because of its ability to convict and to, to direct your paths. This is all because Jesus, who spoke these words with authority, because he is the authority. Because he is the only one who is able to create meaningful change in you and I's lives. It's only in him and through him are we able to be people who have this solid foundation that we need that will last throughout all the things that life throws at us. Scripture directly directs us to this authority. Matthew 28, 18 and 20 says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And in Philippians 2, 9 to 11, it says, Therefore God has highly exalted him, and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that the, the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Scripture directs us back to this authority. And Matthew makes sure to let us know that Jesus didn't speak as just one of these scribes. One of the leaders of the day. His words are the ultimate authority. The, the words that we need, that we know will last. To, to close our time together. 
David Allen Coe, he says this. It's not the beauty of a building you should look at. It's the construction of the foundation that will stand the test of time. Sometimes on the outside, we look like we might have it all together. Nice family, nice house, nice job. Everything looks great. Looks like we're all set. Looks like, like we're ready to tackle the world. But the reality is, folks, without Jesus, we're empty. Without his love, without his presence in our lives, we are just empty. There is nothing better than Jesus Christ as your foundation, as your solid rock. So I ask you to consider that today. Just consider what that means for you. What might you need to change in your life? So when the winds and the rain of life comes, that you'll be able to withstand because of your solid foundation that's placed in Jesus. Consider that this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are we're grateful for Jesus. We're grateful for how he is able to just speak into our lives and our situations, God, because I'm sure that we've all faced something like this, Lord, where we want to build things according to how we want them. We want to build our lives according to how we think they ought to be. But I pray, Father, that, that we would take a stand and we would come to the, the understanding that, God, it's only through you and your son Jesus that we're able to really have a meaningful, a solid foundation that's built on things that will last in this world. So, God, I pray that you would help each one of us to take a real look into our lives, real look into our hearts and see where we ought to make a change, see where we need to let go and let you, God, take control. So, Father, I ask that you would help us in that. Father, we, again, are grateful for our time this morning, and I pray that as we leave here this morning, Lord, that you'll help take these things that we talked about with us, Father. We thank you, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.